MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, August 20th, 2020. Today, a Pompeo aide ordered the State Department to provide Biden disinformation to two Republican senators. Joe Biden is officially nominated as the Democratic candidate for president as the convention moves to night three. The Senate counterintelligence report says Trump may have had an extramarital relationship with a Russian beauty pageant winner. A new letter from Senator Schumer to Postmaster General DeJoy asks important questions about the post office's plans to suspend harmful operational changes. Investigative reporters show mail sorting machines are being dismantled under orders from DeJoy. Uh, Trump urges a boycott on Goodyear tires despite the hatred, their hatred of cancel culture, and the EU rejects the Belarusian election results. I'm AG, and today with me is Jordan Coburn. Hello, AG. How are you, Jordan? How's things? Uh, things are great. Yeah. Relatively. Good. It's always relative. We always say yeah. that. Forever relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For relative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm I'm good. It's hot out today. Um, but I, th- I feel like it's just being amped up by the humidity that we're also feeling. Mm-hmm. 100%. And... Um, We have a good show today. We have Natasha Bertrand. She's going to come on and talk about this State Department memo, internal memo that Politico got a hold of, um, although it was considered uh, sensitive but uh, not classified. Anyway, long story, and she'll be here to talk about that. And, of course, we'll have the good news. If you want to submit your good news, head to dailybeanspod.com and click contact and just select good news. You can also submit your quarantine confessions there and any corrections you have. And uh, big show tomorrow, former Representative Katie Hill will be with us so and um, she's going to talk then talk about her forthcoming book i love her um i'm a huge admirer of hers and of course amy carrera will be on with us and uh, we'll have a few other discussions always the good news block as well and don't forget our live stream meet and greet this week has been moved it is not on friday it is on saturday and the theme is brunch we're going to start it at 11 a.m pacific time for patrons and open it up to the public at noon so I uh, hope you join us. And if you accidentally pop on Friday, I'll probably be there for a few minutes to, you know, direct you to Saturday with those, you know, those airplane flashlights with the long orange sticks on them. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I only have plastic lightsabers. So yeah, it's where weird. do you get those? Do they have some exclusive <laughs> procurement access to those things? I've never seen anyone have them other than people at airports. You're so right. Yeah, the old airport supply store, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but we do have a lot of news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, time for the hot notes. Jordan, you are up first. What is your first story of the day? Yeah, it's a story that everybody knows about. Probably if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> Joe Biden was officially nominated as the Democratic candidate for president at the convention last night. Uh, so that was, I mean, I have so much that I could say about that second night. Um, did you get a chance to watch all of it yet? I did. It was so good. Dude, okay, I 
the John McCain shit. You know me, mm-hmm. and anyone that follows me on Twitter knows me. I've been like bitching about things that y'all probably are like, "Hey, why don't you just hold the bitch for now?" You know, but <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's usually about Republicans and how how they're being sort of like displayed at the convention and everything. But that that John McCain story and being delivered by Cindy, it was just so uh, like. I mean, touching. It's it's the only word that I can really think to describe it. It's the best word. It was fucking... It was just so... Uh, like, why can't... Why can't we be like that? I feel like the best... I can't wait for a new generation of people in Congress to step into the shoes of at least, like, decency, you know, that were there before them. And you can't... You After watching that, you can't take away just a level of, like human decency that they were at least able to display to each other regardless of the policies that McCain pushed that is a decency that does not exist currently in Congress really I like decreasingly so unfortunately and it was just very I cried I cried mm-hmm. yeah I cried yeah at a, at a, at a, a moderate Democrat and Republican bromance and exactly, I, I know Joe exactly. Biden is the most progressive candidate ever to be nominated for president I know I know I know uh but he's you know he's not uh, right he's not progressive but no. he is but he is but right. you know what i mean yes i'm also i feel like can we all just agree bernie sanders is not on the same playing field as biden so when we say stuff like that please stop coming at us saying well, he's like the most progressive <laughs> per-. it's like dude you know what we're talking about he's not fucking bernie sanders it's relative yes exactly. it's relative and then a bunch of people gave uh aoc shit for her seconding of the motion to nominate bernard sanders for president um nbc put out a headline like uh-huh. she didn't mention biden once and it's like her job was to second the motion to nominate bernard sanders for president which exactly. because there are de- delegates across the country who want to nominate bernie sanders for president he didn't get the nomination everyone no. was expecting this nbc knows how this works yep. it's if you're if you're seconding like let's say we're at the uh, obama um hillary clinton 2008 dnc and the the person gets up to make the motion to nominate Obama. Then there's a second to nominate Obama. And then the person, and let's say the person who seconds the nomination for Obama says, but I'm voting for Hillary. It just makes no fucking sense. That's not how a seconding of a motion for the opposition candidate works. Right. Of course, AOC supports Joe Biden. Just everybody, like, I've, yeah. I've, I'm beginning to feel that the attacks on her are just based in misogyny and it's getting oh, yeah. ridiculous but i tell you what that roll call that roll call mm-hmm. was so awesome the way that they did it yeah. and i i absolutely loved it i'm with you i hope they do this again i do too and i loved the rhode island guy with the calamari <laughs> yeah that's what people were talking about yeah <laughs> somebody oh wait somebody somebody was like oh is is uh, is he offering his nomination for joe biden in exchange for calamari is that a squid pro quo <laughs> yeah <laughs> look for it next in the senate intelligence report version two where they try to mm. win because <laughs> they didn't this time <laughs> um yeah that's uh, yeah that was so that was so this whole thing is just like a a great i think they did a great job pivoting and especially since mm-hmm. like so many of the people that typically are disenfranchised or at least don't tend to vote are tech minded you know i'm calling out the the younger generation so i think like having 
this happen and with the quick cuts and everything and how it's working it's like it's the most watchable convention i've seen as long as i've been yeah. tuning into them but uh one last really quick note about the aoc thing i just i i really am frustrated outside of the misogyny which is just going to be rampant throughout her entire career unfortunately because that's how this fucking country is but uh it's it's entirely customary for her to do what she did that wasn't like some rogue move that she made that was not that was not like a slight to biden or her like obstinately supporting sanders still even though clearly biden's the candidate none of that shit's what is what was going on that was entirely expected customary like nothing was wrong with that at all so people coming out against her yeah no, that's what i said that is how that is how the roll call works someone has to second the yeah. motion to nominate bernie sanders yeah and when you do that you don't come up and say but joe go joe biden that's right. not how you exactly nominate or second the motion for the nomination for the exactly candidate that you're that you're nominating totally yeah, yeah. anyway yeah people just, just trying to stir it. shit up with that which i don't appreciate coming out from news sources like nbc yeah, of course. And that headline was terrible. Yeah. Uh, but like, a- of course, AOC supports Joe Biden. Like, stop. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah. Bernie supports Joe Biden. The person. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he would have said his name sooner in his speech. But, you know, that's just me personally. He gave a full throated endorsement. Um, now, speaking of you just mentioned the Senate counterintelligence report. Oh, but by the way, everyone is, I'm sure, going to tune in tonight for the convention because Obama is speaking and he's going to call Trump out by name. So I'm excited to talk about that tomorrow. Um, yeah, the speaker slate tonight. Kamala is going to speak tonight. It's it's I, it's amazing. Uh, but, you know, the, the RNC's got Kid Rock, the two gun people from Minnesota. Oh, God. Uh, uh, Scott Baio, um, Diamond and Silk, um, Ted Nugent. I mean, what an all-star lineup. God, anyway. they're such a fucking farce. Mm, I know. Um, and it's good. The production value is going to be hilarious, too. I can't wait. Uh, but speaking of the Senate counterintelligence report, uh, Trump may have had an extramarital relationship with a Russian beauty pageant winner. <gasps> and the world went, no. Yeah. Um, two, <laughs> two decades. This was two decades before he ran for president. Donald Trump traveled to Russia where he scouted properties. He was wined and dined and uh, of greatest significance to Senate intelligence investigators, met a woman who was former Miss Moscow. A Trump associate, Robert Curran, who was interviewed by the Senate investigator, said he believed Trump may have had a romantic relationship with the woman. And on top of it, at a hotel owned by Semyon Mogilevich. This doesn't sound like a Russian op at all. Oh my God. But on the same trip, another Trump associate, Leon Black, told investigators that he and Mr. Trump might have been at a strip club together. Uh, another witness said Mr. Trump may have been with the woman in Moscow and later brought them along to a meeting with the mayor. So why does this matter? Who gives a fuck? Well, the Senate couldn't find proof, but we're not stupid. But the report, you know, that they couldn't find proof that that he was compromised. But this is when I mean, Russia's been after him forever. This is what they do. Uh, but the the Trump but the r- report justified the inclusion of these salacious details about the president as necessary to understand the threat of a possible foreign influence operation or whether misinformation was spreading that could harm the American political process. No shit. Um, you know, back on you know, Mueller, she wrote days. We talked about those early pageant days and early trips to Russia in the eighties when he fell in love with Pootie and they started having their Pootie calls. Uh, but that's when it began. That's when it began. Um, but there's other stuff going on in Europe. Jordan, what's happening? Yeah, so we've been reporting on the uprising in uh, Belarus in response to the completely fabricated election results. 
Um, he's still refusing to step down. His calls for him to have uh, to get the fuck out are still continuing. And now the EU is rejecting those election results. So this is something you know that's a, a pretty a pretty big pretty big headline. They're saying that Lukashenko's victory was not free and it was not fair. And they also warned of imminent sanctions against uh, the Belarusian government in response to this if they don't make it right. So, increasingly so, all of the world's eyes are on Belarus right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, interestingly, a lot of uh, Senate Republicans are, are voicing their support for the uprising. Uh, but we really haven't heard Trump say anything um, because, well, because that would upset Putin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's, uh, it, I, I mean, that that's everybody that has any sort of bearings on global politics right now sees what's happening as a total Putin-backed effort. So, yeah, he was even offering military assistance against the uh -huh. uprising. Yep. Where, like, yeah, like in, uh, like, chumming up the... The border regions and everything, right? Yeah, and I bet you a bazillion dollars that if Manafort weren't in jail, he'd he'd have been running uh, Lukashenko's campaign. I mean, this is what <laughs> this is what he does. Yeah, um, I'm sure he's helping him right now, and we'll find out exactly how he is in the next like four years. So those are my fucking beans. Those are my fucking beans. Right, tweeting him like he's like he was tweeting Hannity. Uh, all right, we have more headlines. Um, we're just gonna take a quick break. Everybody, stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon. I'm so excited Magic Spoon is sponsoring us. It is the best tasting thing ever in my mouth, ever. When I was a kid, my favorite food by far was cereal. So sweet and delicious, I could eat a whole box by myself. But as an adult, I had to give it up because of all the stuff that they put in cereal, all the sugar and the chemicals and the carbs. But I am excited to share. I have found Magic Spoon. This cereal tastes so delicious, you will not believe it's made without all the sugar, carbs, or guilt. Magic Spoon brings me right back to that feeling of being a kid, plopping down, watching in, in front of the TV the Saturday morning cartoons and drinking that sweet, sweet cereal milk. Uh, but honestly, Magic Spoon is so good you won't believe it's super healthy. As Forbes magazine says, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast. Uh, Magic Spoon cereals have zero sugar, 12 grams, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. It is keto-friendly, it is gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And the best part, it is so delicious. I can't talk about it enough. They have four amazing flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I know where, uh, you know where that's going. And it's just, it's too good to be true, but it's not. It's, it's actual. And my favorite flavor right now is cocoa. It's so yummy. I get the, you know, chocolatey milk that I get to drink afterward. It's like dessert, but it's healthy and nutritious and guilt-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use promo code DAILYBEANS at checkout to get free shipping. And they are so confident, and so am I, in their deliciousness. It is backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked, so it's totally risk-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans, use the code DAILYBEANS for free shipping, and we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, so we've got some Postal Service news. The Postal Service has blocked congressional lawmakers from interrogating the firm that helped select Louis DeJoy as the nation's postmaster general. This is prompting a sharp rebuke from Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer, who called the organization on Wednesday to be more transparent. 
uh, as, a, as this, you know, this federal investigation is unfolding. The spat over access has hindered lawmakers as they investigate DeJoy's recent controversial changes to mail delivery and in the process potentially concealed key details about the involvement of Trump and his top aides. Uh, Schumer warned in a letter to the agency uh, that, you, you, you know, you need to be more transparent. And this missive threatens to add to the already sky-high tensions between the administration and the Senate as DeJoy prepares to testify at a Senate hearing Friday and a House hearing Monday. And this just in, coming across my desk, dee 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 uh, from Ari Berman. DeJoy, according to, a, a, I guess, Pelosi met with DeJoy uh, a little bit ago, and according to her, DeJoy ordered the USPS to remove 671 mail sorting machines by the end of September, including 24 in Ohio, 11 in Detroit, 11 in Florida, 9 in Wisconsin, 8 in Philadelphia, and 5 in Arizona. And Pelosi also said DeJoy told her he wouldn't restore sorting machines and mailboxes that have already been removed. So for everyone who's like, mailboxes aren't being removed and locked, stop spreading disinformation, that's just a, they're just repainting them or whatever. You've seen these pushback uh, tweets from uh, troll farms. DeJoy admitted to removing mailboxes. Yeah. Along with the sorting machines and that, and that he's not going to replace them. Yeah. And, and it's being reported now that at least a dozen high capacity mail sorting machines, they've already been removed in Massachusetts as part of that reduction mm-hmm. plan. And this is according to two officials with American Postal Workers Union. So, I mean, it's just we can't expect him. You can't trust this man as far as you can throw him. And I haven't seen a full body picture, so I can't uh, make any sort of body based mm-hmm. comment on that. But uh, nor would I because we're changed people. Good job, Jordan. Rejecting. Right. Uh, rejecting body jokes but yes (laughs) yeah i wouldn't be able to throw pretty much any sized person that's a great point (laughs) that's a great point i could barely lift myself jesus (laughs) existing (laughs) is so laborious but yeah it's Mm. it's uh it's gonna be like it's it's everybody's doing their part keeping an eye on him and and you know there's so there's such an importance right now in the people and local investigative reporters staying on top of these stories things that are happening at a local level like this so like this reporting is coming out of uh, local news stations that are investigating and and it's gonna have to keep happening like that uh, as we approach the election especially because the efforts are going to be very localized to uh hmm. make them unfair and inaccessible and so is the pushback it's gonna have to be localized too yeah, and and I, as far as I I've seen uh, videos from these investigative reporters, these local reporters that you're talking about, about the mail sorting machines, where you can see them outside or in warehouses dismantled, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with yeah, like you said, and then no plans of like returning things or putting putting them back together, and it's it's um, I mean, it's just the fucking most disheartening thing to see right now however i do think and believe in our you know representatives abilities to put pressure on him and i think uh hopefully i'm gonna i'm gonna put some positive beans in the basket of them being able to force his hand in some ways whether it's through passing something or you know those other agencies or groups having success in the courts something that's gonna make it so this doesn't get worse than it already is i hate to rain on your beans but no you know being right. The Senate is <laughs> no. there's there's reports there's reports that the Senate is whipping to oppose the bill uh to restore uh, anything at the USPS and fund it. So they're whipping against it. 
Great. Uh, but we will see what happens. We have to keep the pressure on. We have to keep the public pressure on. The reason that they're having hearings on Friday and Monday instead of the middle or late September is because we put the pressure on them. And I said, cool, two out of three. We have one more to go. We got to get this bill passed and make sure that uh, measures are put into place so that the money is funded and spent properly, you know, not just lit on fire. And uh, and that is the last thing we have to put pressure on our reps and senators to do. So keep the pressure up. Keep the outrage up. It works. Anyone who says protests don't work, they do. We just have to keep the pressure on. So thanks mm-hmm. for that. Thanks for yes. that reporting, Jordan. Yeah, of course. Um, now, um, another, uh, well, here's a story of uh, the president um, sticking his nose into private affairs instead of just fucking up the government agencies. He's urging a boycott on Goodyear tires, despite their hatred of cancel culture over on the Republican side. Trump is calling on his followers to not buy Goodyear, uh, despite previously railing against that cancel culture stuff. And this was after an employee posted a viral video of company policy banning Make America Great Again and other political attire hats at the workplace. Now, God. he says, don't buy, don't buy Goodyear tires. They announced a ban on MAGA hats. Get better tires for far less. This is what radical left Democrats do. Two can play at the same game. We have to start playing it now. That was a tweet from Wednesday morning. And this tweet was in response to that employee who posted that photo obtained by a CNN affiliate, WIBW, from Topeka, Kansas. Uh, Goodyear, that's a Goodyear where a Goodyear plant is. And it showed a slide during a training that Black Lives Matter and and LBGT Pride apparel were acceptable and Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and MAGA attire and other political material were unacceptable. So um, there's been reports, and I've got sources in, uh, in the union, saying that there are really terrible racial epithets being painted in restrooms and things like that, and I think that led to a cultural decision to ban those kinds of things because they represent terrible awful racist horrible things so in that slideshow they're like we black lives matter we support blm we support lgbtq plus rights we do not support maga attire blue lives matter and uh you know maybe swastikas (laughs) you know so and and goodyear is goodyear is in ohio and he, I think he just lost Ohio. It's a, it's a yes. There is a Goodyear plant that opened in China, but Goodyear is based. It is an Ohio-based company, and I don't know what he was thinking. I, I mean, unless you know, when he ordered DeJoy to rip twenty-four mail sorting machines out, he's like, "That'll take care of Ohio," you know, <laughs> like yeah. I, I yeah, know, I mean, it's also, but... like, the most age... First off, I apologize for Coco. I tried putting her in my room, but she's getting smarter by the day, and she learned how to open up the door. <laughs> it is a sliding door, so she's not that smart, but <laughs> it's... Uh... <laughs> but she figured out that things move when they're attached to wheels, so that's that's dangerous. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, sorry. There's there's commotion outside, so she's going to be uh, no, parking, it's totally and fine. we'll figure well, out a way to, to fix that for future recordings, everyone. Sorry. But, yeah, it's, like... The oldest rule in the book, not being able to wear politically, you know, inclined attire. It's so well established just in general on both sides of the aisle too. like to complain about it like that. Like so many times you're restricted in what you can wear in terms of messaging at school, at jobs, you know, that that's like a thing that I feel social contract wise, you know, I think it's 
I think it can be bullshit in a lot of ways, but just in terms of there being precedent for it, he knows and everybody knows that there is so much precedent for that, for not being able to wear fucking like campaign things while you're working at a job. It's for some other private company. That's not a new thing. Mm-hmm. I think his problem is that they allow BLM and L- LBGTQ plus pride apparel. They do allow that, but they sure, but they don't allow swastikas. <laughs> yeah, right. But then it's like one one is an election too. One's like election based also, which I think is there's different lines, I guess. Obviously, but uh, there's no Hatch Act for private employees or anything, you know. Obviously, but but I feel like one is. I mean, that's really him. What he's really doing is outing himself as the party that's anti Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter should be something that could be you know, upheld and promoted by everybody, regardless of political party, he's making it so it's a campaign thing. And I personally totally see why a corporation wouldn't be comfortable with, uh, you know, their people campaigning for a certain candidate when they're on the job versus like a cause. I think there is a difference there that's legitimate. True. I mean, but they also banned Blue Lives Matter and All Lives Matter shit, um, which I concur with. And as a... but. Jordan, I think your point is this is a private company. They can do you. You don't have First Amendment protection rights while you're at work at a private company. Do you yeah, know what I mean, yeah, my opinions are also just totally skewed because, you know, like I like I said, I do see I see Black Lives Matter as a legitimate thing that, again, can be like and should be upheld by everybody. And I see Blue Lives Matter as a total just like twisting of that argument and a very antagonistic messaging, whereas Black Lives Matter is I, I don't see as it being antagonistic, but yeah. So my opinions on this are totally just because of my my own very uh, biased interpretations of all of those things, and I'm just going to defend them no matter what they do. No, it's fine. And despite your biased interpretations, this is a private company, and they can make their own fucking rules. Yeah. Uh, and and but here he is illegally interfering in private business, boycotting, what calling for a boycott on Goodyear, while his SUV, the Beast, they call it, has big fat giant juicy Goodyear tires on it, like. I I bet Air Force One's got Goodyear tires on it. Like it's just it's just dumb. It's just the dumbest thing. And um and it's funny. He's like, "Oh, you want to be a cancel culture? Well, we will too." Well, then you can't complain about it anymore. The hypo- the, the racism, the hypocrisy, the childishness, the illegality of interfering in private business, it's just absolutely astounding. And and but of course, part, you know, here we are in in this day and age when we get 13 scandals a day and we have to sort of pick and choose which ones are um you know in your face illegal or just mildly (laughs) you know so that's where we are unfortunately in the state of our nation so we will all take a bath in the in the dnc speeches tonight and cleanse ourselves and and everything will be fine and um, speaking of that, speaking of cleansing ourselves and taking a bath in awesome things, we have our good news block a little bit later. Uh, Jordan will join me back for that. And then right after this message, though, I'm going to talk with Natasha Bertrand. She's a national security reporter at Politico about an interesting uh, memo that, that Politico obtained uh, from a State Department aide to Mike Pompeo. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and this Helping of the Daily Beans is brought to you by our sponsor, Thrive Market. Recently, 
I became a member of Thrive Market, and I can definitely recommend it to all of our listeners. Thrive Market delivers organic and sustainable groceries direct to my door. I've gotten food, snacks, wine, supplements, beauty products, and even pet supplies. Lately, I've been really getting into all their delicious healthy snacks, like their plantain chips with sea salt. They're so good. Dry roasted pistachios and their organic medjool dates. I, I really love dates, and I can't imagine shopping any other way for such a variety of organic, sustainable, non-GMO, and fair trade goods from a company that cares about animal welfare and carbon impact. And once you try Thrive Market, you'll love it as much as I do. And here's why. As a proud member of Thrive Market, I get the products I love. My paid membership provides a free uh, membership for someone in need, like a low-income family, a teacher, a veteran, or a first responder. And uh, Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values, like paleo, keto, plant-based, etc. And they deliver the highest quality organic and sustainable essentials, like I said, groceries, snacks, meat and seafood, clean wines, non-toxic cleaning products, and bath and body stuff, beauty products. And as a member, I save 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices, and their carbon-neutral shipping is free on orders over $49. The savings I get on my favorite clean organic products are amazing, but I also feel good about helping support communities in need, because in addition to the membership matching, Thrive Market has raised over $750,000 to date through their COVID-19 relief fund. So go to thrivemarket.com slash dailybeans, join today, and you'll get a free gift of your choosing up to $22 in value. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dailybeans to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today. Thrivemarket.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody, welcome back. So a top aide to Secretary Mike Pompeo has ordered senior State Department officials to compile additional documents for two Republican senators, according to a memo obtained by Politico. And joining us today to discuss that memo is national security correspondent for Politico and one of the reporters that broke this story, Natasha Bertrand. Natasha, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell me about this memo. When was it uh, sent and what did it say? Yeah. So the memo was uh, dated August 17th, which was Monday, and it's in response to a July 28th request from Senators Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley, who are conducting investigations into the origins of the Russia investigation and uh, Joe Biden and his relationship with the Ukrainians. And it essentially asked officials across the State Department from a wide array of bureaus to compile specific materials that are related to those investigations. And this is interesting because it just shows the lengths that the State Department is willing to go to to accommodate these requests for these investigations, while the same State Department, of course, stonewalled the House during its impeachment inquiry and wouldn't provide any witnesses or documents. So what this shows is that this is the State Department is uh, complying with kind of a laundry list of requests from these GOP-led investigations without really any parameters, um, and they are, you know, just um, complying with what the senators want to basically fish for um, as part of their probes. Hmm. Now, I, here's a weird question for you, and this is speculative, so just everyone understand. Uh, where I'm coming from here, but the Trump administration seems to retroactively create paperwork in order to justify shit that they've already done. And I'm wondering if, you know, there's been accusations and letters um, about Ron Johnson uh, collecting information uh, from you, like maybe Durkacz or somebody else, uh, Ukrainian pro pro Russian Ukrainians to, to investigate uh, Burisma and Biden and I was wondering, do you think that this is maybe a, a like a CYA type memo, like to legitimize the 
the information he's trying to get into, you know, into his investigation. I don't know. It seems weird. Like, what a weird time. Yeah, so it's unclear. Um, these taskers, they're called taskers, aren't uncommon. Um, they typically are sent out, um, you know, for any kind of congressional request, as long as the State Department deems it legitimate, essentially. Um, but what's unusual about this one is that the State Department appears to have put their own parameters on it. So the Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson request, which I also obtained, um, it doesn't include dates. It just says, give us everything that you have on, you know, these subjects, which include, you know, the Obama administration's dealings with the Ukrainians and the the um, FBI's dealings with um, sources for the Russia investigation, et cetera. Um, but the State Department kind of took it upon themselves to include parameters to make it cut off in December of 2017, uh, which would essentially shield the president from having anything released to Congress that might implicate him in any kind of wrongdoing related to Ukraine. Um, another thing is that the State Department kind of self-imposed a deadline of August 28th, which is really a short turnaround for the volume of documents that they're looking for. And it's also right at the cutoff for when Ron Johnson is trying to complete his investigation. So you see a kind of accommodation by the State Department to this probe that certainly Democratic aides on the Hill that we spoke to about this find really unusual. Yeah. What's the significance of it uh, being the having the deadline, you know, right around the time that he's supposed to release information on this investigation? Is there do, what, like what do you think is the significance of that date? Yeah, so we that's when Ron Johnson wants to release his report um, about and it's, it's actually kind of unclear what he's doing because he essentially has two twin investigations that are ongoing. He has one into Crossfire Hurricane and he has another into Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and the Ukraine issue. But what's bizarre is that Lindsey Graham has been conducting his own investigation into Crossfire Hurricane. So there's no real sense of how Ron Johnson's probe is going to factor into that and why he feels the need to conduct this kind of dual probe. Um, so it's his report, though, is, is um, ostensibly going to be about Joe Biden and Ukrainians and things that he's been tweeting about kind of on a tweet rampage for the last couple of weeks. Um, and he wants to get that out by the end of August. So the State Department complying with these requests by that date is pretty telling in that, you know, he didn't give them that deadline. They just happened to, you know, be willing to accommodate that. <laughs> yeah, it seems a little fishy. Uh, <laughs> but you now has have, have Johnson or Grassley re uh, replied to any of this? Yeah, so... Uh, Johnson did not return our request for comment, but Chuck Grassley's spokesperson said that, you know, this is welcomed, that they've been asking for this information for quite a while now, and that any information the State Department can give them is helpful to them. Um, but other than that, they haven't really said anything. Uh, the State Department got back to us and said, you know, this is part of regular um, processes between Congress and the State Department, and we do these kinds of things all the time. But, of course, there's a clear double standard there, right? I mean, with regard to how they treated House Democrats and how they're treating Senate Republicans, there's obviously much more of a willingness to cooperate with the Republicans than there ever was with the Democrats. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to ask, is how this sort of dovetails with that uh, report that we saw a couple of days ago about complaints from Democrats that they were being ignored and, and in the Senate as well, that like, you know, documents were being requested and, and the Democrats weren't even being told. Yeah. So they feel like they're 
completely out of the loop on certain issues. Um, and especially when it comes to things that, you know, the FBI is handing over, that the State Department is handing over, they feel like there is this pattern where they're being just caught out of things. Um, and the State Department is a particularly for them, an egregious example, because, again, the department refused to provide any documents or witnesses without a subpoena during the impeachment investigation. Um, and whereas the State Department this time around is making even witnesses available um, without the needs for subpoenas, including George Kent, who um, needed a subpoena in order to testify during impeachment, but he didn't for his testimony before Ron Johnson a few weeks ago. Um, so uh, House Foreign Affairs Chairman Elliot Engel, he has now subpoenaed the State Department for copies of documents that have been provided to Johnson and Grassley. Um, and he's saying that the State Department is still ignoring that request, even amid the subpoena. Mm. Yeah, I was just um, looking at that subpoena from Engel. And now Kenna, who is part of this, um, you say in, in the piece here that she was uh, crucial during outreach from Trump allies seeking to discredit Marie Yovanovitch. Tell us about about that. Yeah, so she has acted as kind of a gatekeeper um, for Pompeo. And she told the Senate panel during her confirmation hearing this month for her potential confirmation to be the U.S. ambassador to Peru, um, that she actually found a lot of the outreach from um, Trump allies about discrediting the former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, as deeply disturbing. And so she was actually pretty helpful um, to the Democrats' cause in that case. She did not seem to think that this was a legitimate operation, um, so to speak, by Giuliani and by the president's allies who were trying to influence policy in Ukraine and in the U.S. So but that, you know, she obviously is under pressure now because she wants this ambassadorship to Peru. And by alienating um, certain prominent Republicans on the Senate, she could jeopardize that plum position. So I think that there's definitely, um, regardless of what the State Department says here, there might be some political considerations at play with regard to getting these documents over to the Senate as quickly as possible. Mm. And so finally, you know, there's been a couple of weird centralizations of power here. Trump giving Barr the keys to the declassification kingdom, for example, and then Barr giving himself the authority to approve. He, he personally has to approve any investigation into a presidential candidate. But that doesn't extend to the Senate, right? That's only criminal investigations in the Department of Justice. So it, this feels like a workaround. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. These congressional investigations obviously are really not subject to any limitations short of what the agencies that they're trying to get information from and, of course, the witnesses um, want to withhold. But this is also part of the reason why Democrats um, and Intel officials, frankly, have been sounding the alarm on efforts by foreign adversaries such as Russia to try to launder their disinformation through the congressional committees, particularly the probe that Ron Johnson has been carrying out with regard to Joe Biden's uh, uh, relationships in Ukraine. This is why there are so many Democrats who are saying you are essentially aiding a Russian operation to again interfere in our election. And because there are really no limits, again, on what um, the Senate can do with regard to investigating um, these issues, that that is pretty much, he is pretty much free to go forward, issue his report, and keep doing this, frankly, until the eve of the election, if he wants to. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if he can claim speech or debate clause, you know, to, 
I'm just doing my job, you know, as a senator. And, uh, you know, it's it's in the face of the recent counterintelligence report um, that came out. Holy moly. Everyone check out Natasha Bertrand's thread on that, by the way. Uh, It just seems it just seems super subversive and, and, and really fishy, particularly when you, you know, you point out the dates and the timelines and, and uh, who's requesting and that the, that the memo was uh, unclassified, sensitive, but unclassified. Mm-hmm. Is that how it was categorized? Yeah. Sensitive, but unclassified. That's correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, helping us understand this. We'll keep following this story and uh, everybody uh, national security correspondent for Politico Natasha Bertrand, thanks for being here today. Thanks so much. Everybody stick around. We're going to have a quick break and then the good news block. So stay with us. Hey, Daily Beans listeners, it's AG. And this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Sunbasket. So many of us are practicing socially distancing and trying to eat healthy while, you know, being stuck at home. And I found that the perfect service for these crazy times is Sunbasket. If you want to eat healthy, tasty and nutritious meals while avoiding crowded grocery stores, Sunbasket delivers mouthwatering, healthy meals straight to your door. They have amazing recipes for all kinds of preferences, including paleo, gluten-free, and Mediterranean, vegetarian, and more. And they make it really easy and very convenient. Everything is pre-portioned, ready to prep and cook, so you can enjoy a dinner full of organic produce and clean ingredients in as little as 15 minutes, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. Uh, and each week, Sunbasket offers a wide range of recipes to choose from, so you can try delicious dishes like salmon farro bowls with spinach and green goddess dressing. It's so good. Uh, my new favorite, braised beef Penang curry with jasmine rice and sweet peas or vegetarian Moroccan and spiced chickpeas and wilted shard on garlic toast. It's really, really, the variety is incredible. And you can order for many recipes across their menu. Skip a week if you need to, snooze it, or double up on your favorite recipes. It's very easy. Their website is so user-friendly. And Sunbasket facilities have the highest levels of food and employee safety. They reinforce strict adherence to operating procedures, but they've also increased their sanitization frequency in their distribution centers to protect you and your family and their employees. And right now, Sunbasket is offering $35 off your order. So go right now to sunbasket.com slash dailybeans, enter promo code Daily Beans at checkout. That's sunbasket.com slash daily beans and enter promo code daily beans at checkout for $35 off your order. Again, sunbasket.com slash daily beans and don't forget to enter promo code daily beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. And joining me for the good news block, she is back, Jordan Coburn. What's up? Hello. Not much. Just hanging Hello, out. Hello, dog mother. Out. Hello. Everybody's <laughs> aware of Coco today and yesterday and the mm. day before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there may be dog noises in the background. We assume, as listeners of this show, that you are not only fine with it, but welcome it. Yeah. She rarely she rarely barks, and then I think it's because she notices that I'm giving a microphone and attention instead of her, and then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to make you pay for that shit. And then she starts barking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so this is my favorite part of the show. Uh, we are going to read our listener-submitted good news stories, whether they're personal or political or... Whatever. And uh, you can submit them by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. And then there's a drop down menu and you can submit your good news stories. You can submit quarantine confessions for our quarantine confessions podcast. You can submit um, just corrections or a friendly hello. However you, uh, however you want to communicate, all of your options are there. Now, on to our listener uh, submitted good news stories. I'm going to go ahead and kick this off from our friend, uh, Paul Dowenhauer. 
we met him at uh, our live show in Minneapolis where, you know, we had with Richard Painter and um, he came to the uh, patron meet and greet. We did a live meet and greet, a uh, smaller group of um, of people. And it was so much fun. It was. I had cheese curds for the first time. That's what I was going to say. Truly, cheese curds. Truly, I'll never forget that. Truly incredible. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's just a note uh, from Paul at the University of Minnesota. We just had a massive research discovery in our laboratory that will advance sustainable materials in the United States of America. We are super excited to patent the idea and share it with the world. That's it. I, I think that's all he can tell us at this time. But that is <laughs> fair. Incredible. <laughs> yes. Incredible. That is so cool. That's uh that's really awesome hearing that from Paul, especially. He's been a patron for a long, long time and a listener and Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so cool. I, I uh I'm so good and proud to hear that. That's like more more of that, please. Yes. That's hundred percent awesome. Yes. <laughs> All right, all right. I'm in. I'm in a weird. I'm in a, I'm in a weird predicament Coco loves because, him too. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a. I'm doing like doggy puppy training with her. So I'm at this puppy training course with her, and the 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 guy is like, if you want her to be a defense dog, then you know you can like just let her bark basically. But then of course that comes with just letting her bark. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> shit. I want her to be able to be a dog and bark and like defend the household. That doesn't really bother me that much. And she doesn't do it that often. But like I said, when we're recording, she seems to just freak the fuck out. At which point, uh, mm. yeah. Anyways, sorry everybody. You're probably going to hear a couple barks and uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. Oh, now she's growling. Okay. Next up from Anonymous. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has no idea who her enemy is. She just hears slight noises. Um, all right. Pronouns he, him. Anonymous. I'm an ER nurse in San Antonio, Texas, and our hospitalized COVID cases jumped from fewer than 200 to almost 1,300 in less than two weeks. We're finally back down to under 1,000 hospitalized cases. Additionally, since the spike, all the patients, uh, since the spike, all the patients who have the resources to seek primary care or specialized care like dialysis, but decided that the ER is their primary care physician have, for the time being, figured out how to seek care in an appropriate setting. This has made it so we can give our really sick patients the care they need despite still being short-staffed, as ERs tend to be. All right. Yeah. Thank you for your work. Mm-hmm. And and what's astounding is that they went from 200 to 1,300, and now they're down to 1,000. And Mike Pence is like, look, we went down to 1,000. It's like, yeah, but we were at 200. Fuck face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just, I hate them so much. Um, All right. Next up from RG, the lesbian listener patron who keeps trying to virtually date Jordan. (laughs) Pronouns she, her. (laughs) Um, the (laughs) The bad news is Jordan has decided she doesn't, she shan't date listeners. Bad news for her. Am I right? Good news. I recently received an amazing career opportunity to be a clinical director at a substance abuse treatment facility opening soon in the Houston area. Shout out to Arise Recovery Centers. I am so proud to serve in this role, especially as a person in recovery myself. It is truly a testament to the miraculous things that can happen when we do the work to better ourselves. And the truth is, I was a hopeless drunk and drug addict, but now I am being paid to run a facility designed to help other drunks and drug addicts. That is straight bananas. May it serve as a reminder to others that there is hope and hashtag we do recover. Long-time listener patron, I recommend your pod to many hashtag news with swearing, and I'm so grateful for all the hard work you do to make me sound smart and informed when arguing with strangers on Twitter. <laughs> Keep up the great work. What you do matters. And Jordan, you should change your mind. You know where to find me. 
No, <laughs> if you should change. Should you change your mind, <laughs> you know where to find me. Peace and love. And then a cat and a dog picture. There's a cat napping on a dog. Oh, my gosh. God. You do make a compelling case. You sound like an incredible person. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I do have to stick to my guns on that one. I uh, <laughs> I feel I feel like uh, any anyways whatever. But yeah, that's that's incredible. Congratulations on all of the work that you've done to get to the point that you're at and to spread it to everybody in a way that's gonna help them get to the same place that you're at. It's really really fucking cool. And I'm sorry that I can't date you. Yeah, <laughs> 100%, 100% though. When you do the work and you're kind, it, it, amazing things happen. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, next up from Wolf Yu, pronouns she, her. She says, hello, I dropped out of university in 1996. Last year, I decided to go back and finish getting my bachelor's degree. Found out I needed to take one math class, pre-calculus. Figured it'd be best to save it for summer, a shorter quarter. I had maybe one or five freakouts before and during the class, but I made it through to the other side. I really lucked out and got a fabulous instructor. The best news, I got a fucking A, dude. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I just finished my fourth quarter and have a little ways to go. You guys have been with me since practically the first day of school. Oh, I imagine you in a tiny backpack. Um, I, since my since my best friend introduced me to your podcast, thank you for keeping me informed and peppering the news with my all time favorite word, fuck. Full disclosure, fuckface is my all time favorite word. Also, I freaked out at least ten times. Um, be well and have a wonderful <laughs> vacation. Yay. Aw, uh, thank you. Dude, getting your brain back into a math place is, like, very hard. Super. Mm. Pre-calc is a pain in the ass, too, because if my memory is correct, or, if, like, if it's the same that it was in Nevada, you do, uh, like, trigonometry, and trig trig is, like, that kind of, I don't know, for some reason, trig didn't click with me nearly as easily as calculus did. When I did calculus, that was fine. But for some reason, whatever, like, like the actual algebra, like algebra two stuff, man, that shit's hard. Props and good for you. Yeah, trig is trig is like engineering, and calculus is like theory. And I just I I feel like calculus and statistics are more of a language. Um, I mean, they're still math, obviously. Right. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, I I clicked with I love all math. I clicked with uh, uh with with all of it. But if if I had a least favorite, that one that didn't click as hard, it was trig for sure. I'm with you on that 100. percent Uh, but what great news. Um. All right, next up, they mention you, Jordan. This is Allie, pronouns she, her. Good name, Allie, good name. Uh, Allie (laughs) says, I love, love, love how happy Jordan is with Coco. I love hearing about her and hearing her bark in the podcast. It is sweet and heartwarming. Uh, I I told you I I have been having to create... I like, stop it, (laughs) like a monster. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Um, I have been having, like I said, we've got zero uh, complaints, so... But I have been having to crate our two rescue pod pets when I record my podcast because they play, chew on bones loudly, and generally just act up when they don't get our undivided attention. Drama queens, LOL. Jordan, this is what you've been saying the entire show. Yes. This is fucking psychic. <laughs> that is. Um, good, news, good news this week. Uh, this week was the first week that they have been out of their crates and behaving the whole time. It just took some patience and practice. Keep telling us about Coco. It always makes my day. And then there's a picture of a puppy with the head on a lap and a blue solo cup party oh my god look at that cute little white patch on her nose so cute oh my gosh i love that all right hey there she is there there she is coco 
Ringing in <laughs> the next, next good news. Oh, oh, I hear the... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so tiny. Orc. Ah, gosh. That's Thank you adorable. so much. That's very sweet. I really appreciate that. I am so happy, and I will keep talking about her, and you will keep hearing from her mouth directly. Um, all right. <laughs> Next up from Carrie Pornad Sheher. Canadians finally lost our federal minister of finance after scandal, lies, and an overall lack of integrity. Good riddance. He was a super rich guy helping the super rich. But guess what? We got our first... Okay. We got our... We got our first female minister of finance today. Her name is Christia Freeland, uh, along with your Veep nominee, Kamala Harris. I have more hope for dismantling the patriarchy. Fuck yes, so do I. Let's keep it coming. Keep supporting women candidates everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. And Comey probably don't wear an elect more women shirt on Twitter. <laughs> Did he do that? Yes. <laughs> and Hillary, Hillary fucking Clinton posted retweeted it with just a picture of her leaning back in a chair going uh-huh oh like you know just with God. a look on her face like really like mm, that's your shirt today oh okay God. it's all too much it's all too much <laughs> mm-hmm. um let's see uh next up from x too shy to share the name pronouns she her hello i recently became a patron and did a, a thing in my community so i thought i'd let the bean queens know beans queens know about both near the beginning of quarantine i sorted out all the clothes i wanted to give away into a corner of my room and did some research on where i could possibly donate them since goodwill and the salvation army usually throw out what can't be sold which a good chunk of my stuff fell into that category. I did nothing with my research or this corner for months because my response to stress i've created for myself is to ignore it <laughs> i'm so with you um a few weeks ago, my roommate brought up going to one of those parking lot donation boxes, which usually seem abandoned, to drop off all of our extra clothes. I guess I was feeling productive that day because I reached out to a company, Wearable Collections, to see if they would come to my home to do a pickup. They said yes, but only if I had 20 30-gallon trash bags full. They are New York City-based, and I am across the Hudson in Jersey. I did not have 20 30-gallon trash bags worth of clothes in my corner. Here's what happened over the next of the course of a week reached out to my neighbors on next door to gauge interest coordinated with the company wearable collections on a pickup date made a bajillion posts on next door to increase awareness and reached out to other local governments to see if they would promote the pickup date on social media and one of them did net result there were 13 bags and the one local government that promoted the pickup date is interested in coordinating with wearable collections to do a drive there wasn't a lot of time to promote the pickup date so I'm super happy with the other folks who committed to get their shit together in such a short amount of time. And I keep telling myself uh, I want to get involved in my community and never do. So this is a rare moment of follow through and I'm very proud of myself <laughs> for it. Thank yes. you for providing an outlet to share and um, all that you do every day to keep the people informed. Yes. Aww. Go you. What a I great feel... solution. Yes. Seriously. That is so rad. Totally deserve giving yourself props for the follow through too follow through can be super fucking hard and uh big ups for doing that and for doing something good with that follow through amazing yep good job yes. good job yes all right well i believe that's that's it for our good news stories so everyone thank you so much for sending them in again head to dailybeanspod.com send them in of course tomorrow we will have rep katie hill and we're going to talk to um amy carrero and then we're going to have our uh daily beans Meet and greet, not tomorrow, but Saturday, 11 a.m. for patrons at Pacific Time and, and noon Pacific Time for, for the public. And the theme is brunch. We're going to do brunch, and I'm excited to do it. So, everyone, thank you so much. you have any final thoughts, Jordan? 
I do not, other than thank you for your patience with uh, the sounds of the background. I love you all, and Coco loves you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, uh, enjoy the DNC tonight. It's going to be incredible, and I look forward to speaking to you tomorrow about it. So until then, everyone, please take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>